Welcome to Table Pop. My name is Mitchell Tini. I'm an author, I'm a comic book collector, and I'm also a toy collector. Um, my name's Jason Cossier-Yang. I'm a game designer, and um, I need to sleep more. You need to sleep more? Yeah. Did you not sleep last night? Uh, I, I have to reduce sleeping hours for a little bit during Kickstarter stuff. Oh, yeah. Are you, are you so excited that you can't sleep? No, or I don't. Are you I play sleep. testing? I have too much shit to do. Too much to do. That's always good. Um, this is episode five. We are, we are on a roll. We are. Five. And we have a, an appendix yep. already. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, this week or this month's um, podcast is about cyberpunk. Are you excited about cyberpunk? I'm excited about cyberpunk. Cyberpunk was one of the... You look excited. Yeah. So with the past ones, I kind of went through and looked through a few things, but this one I've actually gone back and been watching films and been reading stuff. You actually went back and watched films? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. I watched um, Ghost in the Shell. I watched Existence. Um, I've never seen Existence. It, it's a cult. It's a cult movie, isn't it? Yeah, it's Classic. um. What's his name? Emilio oh. Estevez. No, no. no. <sighs> Sean Bean. No, no. The direct Cronenberg. Uh, yeah, oh, it's a Cronenberg it? film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I. We um, should we should go back and edit that one so it seems like I knew what I was talking about. No, that's fine. I I, I know Cronenberg. He makes a lot of horror movies, doesn't he? Yeah, um, yeah like graphic. There's bladder. There's some weird stuff in this. Yeah, yeah. So, so I should watch it. I've you never should seen watch it. it. I've never seen it. Uh, I went to high school with guys who used to watch it all the time. Mm-hmm. They loved it. Loved it. Putting their top five movies of all time. Mm. It's weird and arguably not cyberpunk. It isn't. Maybe. It. Well, we should oh. go, we should go through and keep going and see if we can find out what cyberpunk is. Okay. Well, um, I I had to do some research on cyberpunk because. Um, Although it is, I would say it's one of my favorite topics. I didn't exactly know what would define it as a cyberpunk genre. What defines cyberpunk? I have no idea. And 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 I like the word punk because I'd say I'm a bit of a punk. I like punk music. Wear punk clothes. Um, and I had to go all the way back to uh, 1983. There was an article written by a guy named not an article, a short story written by Bruce. Bethke in Amazing Science Fiction Stories, Volume 57, Number 4, in November of 1983. He, uh, he got the name Cyber, which is like cybernetics, and, and the whole punk movement, like the Ramones and the Sex Pistols, and sort of mixed them together and created this, like, I, I never got around to reading it, I wish I did, as a group of, like, teenage punks who, like, hack into the system, and he called it Cyberpunk, and that was the title of his short story, and it kind of s- stuck. So, 83 is at the same time as Neuromancer as well, which is the, you know, the canonical, the seminal cyberpunk work. I have no idea. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit okay. later. <laughs> um, so, what we've done to get us going is that I've put together a list of movies, and yeah. Mitch is going to tell me whether or not they're cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. So, it'll, it'll, okay. it'll, it'll help us work out a little bit what the kind of nefarious... Um, vague ethereal values around yeah. cyberpunk are? Well, I have three major um, threads that I would tick off if it is cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Um, one would be the mega corporations. Mm-hmm. One would be um, obviously like hacking or some sort of like cybernetic implant. 
and the other one would be more of a dystopian future. So, okay. Yeah, good. Okay. So, number one, mm-hmm. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Now, I went a very, very long time in my life without watching Blade Runner, and I was ashamed to admit it to anyone, because they're saying that I should have watched, and I only watched it this year. Now, I would say that's a dystopian future. I'd say it's a mega corporation and deals with AI. I'd say yes, definitely. Yeah. definitely. So, but Blade Runner is, is definitely a cyberpunk film. Yeah, it's, it's one it's, of the top cyberpunk mm. films out there. He doesn't actually do any hacking in it, though, no. although he does kind of use a future Photoshop at some point. A future Photoshop? Yeah, you know, when he's oh, like really? zooming in on the scene and stuff. <laughs> so that's kind, kind yeah, of... Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, how about Lawnmower Man? Definitely, yes. I know... I know that was based... I say based... Um, <laughs> kind of on a Stephen King novel but Stephen King wanted his name off the movie because it ended up being nothing like his novel I haven't read his novel I watched Lawnmower Man you've got hacking hacks into the system uses cybernetics um, it's the Lawnmower Man I think is his actual some sort of scientist Lawnmower Man who might be a little bit simple or a bit slow maybe and he gets in the hack into the system and he becomes quite intelligent through cybernetics, I'd say, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. Logan's Run. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. It's one of those movies on my list, which I'm also embarrassed to say I've never seen. I know a little bit about it. I've never seen it. Well, um, I, we probably should have vetted this le- list first <laughs> to make sure you've seen everything. Um, we'll skip Lo- Logan's Run. Okay. Um, I'll watch a- it for next week. Akira? Akira. I had a bootleg copy of Akira when I was in high school. And everyone wanted to borrow it off me. It's on VHS. Now, is Akira? It's as far as I can remember. It's been a while. It was a dystopian future. But they went to high school, and they rode cool bikes. Um, I, as far as I can remember, I don't know if it was. There, Did, there's there's no hacking in it. There's no hacking in it. There's no. I know that's got to do with smart kids or yeah. something. Yeah. And they, their heads grow really big and they turn into some sort of mm-hmm. sluggy And creature. then they yell at each other a lot. Yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't... I think it's set in a cybernetic sort of mm-hmm. future world, but I don't think it'd be cyberpunk. Okay. So Mitch says no. Let's keep going. No. Tron. Tron. Yeah, definitely. Why? Definitely Tron. Well, there's hacking in it, but does it meet any of the other criteria? Tron. Tron's like the first Hunger Games. Don't they sort of like uh, fight each other? It's been a long, long time. Don't they have like those frisbees that they throw at and they're like... Doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, he he accidentally kind of goes into the system and then the system like he has to kind of fight his way through and do gladiatorial stuff. So I he... Think. It's set in the 80s. A kid finds the machine mm-hmm. and he somehow goes into it. I can't remember. Now I'm blanking out as well. I watched Tron Legacy, mm-hmm. and I, okay, loved, well, I loved it. We're going to change it to Tron Legacy. Yep. I love Tron Legacy. I really I really enjoyed it. Is that Cyberpunk? Yes. Okay. Uh, Minority Report. Yes. It's it's written by Philip K. Dick as well, who also wrote um, Blade... Do you, know, do you know Blade Runner? No, he wrote Total Recall. Um, but we'll talk more about Philip K. Dick later. I'd say so, yeah. Why, why Minority Report? Dystopian future. Yep. Cybernetics. Wars. No, I can't remember. <laughs> um, uh, there's no hacking in it. 
No, so what, what the principal storyline of Minority Report is there's these um, like psychic ladies that live in pools, yep. and they tell you whether or not someone's going to commit a crime in the future. Yep. yep. Hmm. So are we still saying yes? I think we've branched off cyberpunk. Okay. I think that's more... I don't know what you'd say, like a... Wouldn't be apocalyptic, it'd be like a... Science fiction. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen The Running Man? With Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Yes. That uh, that was definitely a staple when I was in high school. Um, also a Stephen King book. Um, Running Man. As far as I can remember, aren't they maybe... Are they prisoners? And they get a chance to... Uh, be released if they can get through this sort of maze. Which is a reality TV show. Reality TV show. There's no... As far as I can remember, there's no mega corporation or AI. There's only dystopian future, so I'd say no. Yeah, uh, it, there's kind of a megacorp in, the, in, yeah. the, in like, the like the reality TV station. Okay. Like, it's like the, the main thing that everyone watches. So you can say it's megacorp in that yeah, way. Yeah, okay. So that's a no still? Is it hacking? I think hacking's got to be okay. at no, least... No hacking. No. Okay, Total Recall. Ah, Total Recall. Now, this one I thought of the other day because I watched the remake. With Colin, Colin Farrell? Colin Farrell, yeah. And I didn't I didn't mind it. If I hadn't seen the original and I came fresh to Total Recall and I watched that one, I thought it would be pretty... I'd would think it'd be a pretty cool movie. Did it have the lady with three boobs in it? No, it didn't. Uh, not the, watching it. But yeah, you just can't go past that original you just can't it's it's too good so total recall they they it's not really dystopian future it's yeah science fiction future and they live on mars and they deal with um, memory implants so you're not hacking technically you're not hacking into any sort of matrix or any sort of network you are just playing around with your mind Mm mm-hmm um, is there cybernetics in it? I don't think so. Well, if you define cybernetics as a messing around with your mind with computers. Is that how you'd define it? Um, I'd, I'd say like a, a screen in your arm or your mobile <laughs> phones in your arm and you've got a jack in behind your ear. <laughs> so wait, a, a, if I duct tape my iPhone to my arm, am I therefore a cyberpunk? You are a cyber, yep, you wear a sex pistol shirt, you're a cyberpunk. I'd say, I don't know, I'd say no. Total Recall, not cyberpunk, science fiction. Okay, uh, Dread being the latest movie, or Judge, Judge, Judge Dread in general? Judge Dread. Dystopian Future, tick. Megacorp, tick. Because mm-hmm. you've got Mega City 1, Mega City 2. Yeah, me- me- well, there's mega stuff in it. Yeah, and you've got AIs, you've got some of the ABC Warriors, I think they're called. That's going way back. You know more 2000, about this than I do. 2000 AD comics. Is there hacking in it? Um, I think there is in the comic. I don't know about the movies. Um, yeah, I'd say it's very cyberpunky. You're dealing with... So Dread is a police officer or law enforcer. They're all dressed the same. They all ride cool bikes. And then pretty much the rest of the world are punks. Mm-hmm. Dirty, dirty punks. I'd I'd say yeah. I'd say yeah. Okay, Fifth Element. Ooh, good movie. Good movie. Fifth element. Okay. I, I wouldn't say it's dystopian future. Oh, it is. It definitely is. It is? Yeah, go back and watch it. Like, there's, um, this is one of the other movies that I, I, I rewatched. 
um, it's like a highly surveilled society. Like he 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 basically goes through. And remember at the start, he's um he's a cab driver. Yep. And he's got um like one point left on his license. Yep. And like the police are going through and like checking everyone, and then the lady falls through his car, mm-hmm. and he the it goes ding 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 ding. You've had an accident. You have no more points on your license. Yep. So it's like you know just being constantly tracked, and then he just you know starts doing cool stuff. Yeah. Because when I think of dystopia future, I th- I think uh, people living underground. Um, There's underground people, yeah. They're, they're, they're jacking in or hacking into the system. They're kind of um, like the movie The Crow or I think it's Dark City. It's all very, very, very dark. Um, but Fifth Element, you know, you've, you've got the the flying sushi train thing that comes mm-hmm. by. and Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the flying noodle shop, which noodle um, shop. is a little reference to Blade Runner. Oh, okay. Um, and then you've, you're dealing with more fantasy stuff, like the uh, the stones, the yeah, wind yeah. and the fire and all that, and love and all that. Mm. I, I don't remember anyone jacking in. Okay, so Mitch is saying I'd no? I'd say no. Uh, Terminator. Now, on my research, I did read Terminator was definitely one. Um, you're dealing with AI from a kind of a alternative future or mm-hmm. from future where it's all kind of ruined by these mm-hmm. robots and they've come back. I'd say, um, cyberpunk. No, I'd say no. Okay. Interesting. Avatar. Avatar. <laughs> yeah, that's, I never even thought of avatar cause they're definitely. Cause remember what, what, what essentially is, is it's the, the guy in the movie has no legs. Yes. And he, um, jacks into an alien body. Yep. And goes and do, does stuff for the rest of the film. So, no dystopian future. Um, I believe it is dystopian future. They are like exploiting. They're on a planet, aren't they? Yeah, but they are like definitely being a, a mega corporation that is exploiting the US, the Earth military, yeah, in the, order to basically rape an alien world. Yeah, getting the material or, or the whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, it seems to tickle the boxes. And I've never ever thought of Avatar would be cyberpunk. Mm. I'd, I'd probably have to say yes. Okay. Alien. Alien. No. Okay. No. Robocop. Robocop. I actually wrote that down just before when you're talking because I'm like, nah, Rob- I watched the, I watched the remake Robocop with the, I'm crying all the time, Robocop. All he does in that movie is cry. Um, cybernetics. Yes. Checking into a system. I guess they like program him, mm-hmm. you know, to move faster, shoot better. Dystopian future. It's kind of like a weird future where people kind of wear the same sort of like gray clothes mm-hmm. and it's all sort of, you know, straight down the line. Ro- Ro- Robocop is more a dystopian future, like original Robocop. Original is, yeah. yeah. Original is. Remake, not so much. Um, mega corporations, yeah. I mean, you're dealing with. Uh, Michael Keaton is the new megacorp sort of boss mm-hmm. who like wants to build these kind of robot cops. Cyberpunk. There's no real punk element in it, but it does it does tick all the boxes. Mm-hmm. I'd probably have to say yep. And last one, Inception. <laughs> yep, definitely. Okay, but why Inception though? I only watched Inception once, and that was quite a long time ago 
um, as far as I remember, they live in some sort of other plane of reality. Is that right? Where they yeah, have to well, spin a ladle or something to make sure that they're mm-hmm. which reality they're in. So they're jacking in. They're jacking in. Yes, it's definitely not dystopian though. It's not dystopian. It, it looks like today. And there's no mega corporations. Uh, no megacorps, No. Oh, maybe. Anything mm. you could maybe infer that some of the guys are hacking into are like they're they're high up in a megacorp. But well, if you break it down into cyberpunk, you've got the cybernetics, but you haven't got the punk part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would have to say that it definitely shows some signs of cyberpunk. Okay. So my little quiz was actually taken from a list of the top cyberpunk movies. Um, Really? So it it was a rigged quiz. Yeah. (laughs) So you've you've defined cyberpunk as something to do with, you know, hacking or or jacking dystopian future and what was the other one? As AIs or um, Mm -hmm. megacorps. My definition of cyberpunk is a little bit different in the fact that the key question is, okay, it's punk, and what punk essentially means is some sort of, you know, lower people rising up against, you know, higher people. So I I say dystopia. So you've got a rebellion happening. Yep. Yep. Well, rebellion or things not being that great. No. So dystopia, Yep. that's one one of my criteria. And the other criteria is something to do with... Uh, moral or ethical questions around what it is to be human mm-hmm. in a you know a technological world. So Blade Runner, yep. even though there's no hacking or anything like that at all, no. um, you know one of the key questions of the film is is Harrison Ford a man or is he a you know a secret robot dude? An android. Yeah, that's a replicant, a re- not a replicant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, watching that movie. Going into it, I thought that was going to be the main question. Is he or isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. it's actually, that's more of a meta question, isn't it? I think so, because I, um, I don't know what version of Blade Runner I watched, but mm-hmm. I found out that there are seven versions of Blade Runner. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I want to quickly just run, there's a work print prototype version in 1982, a San Diego sneak preview version, 82, a US theatrical release, 82, Dude. international theatrical release, 82. A U.S. broadcast version, 86, director's cut, 92, and the final cut, 2007. I think I watched the uh, the final cut. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I, I, I did sort of have to go back and look at twice was when Bruce Bethke wrote his short story, Cyberpunk, he actually wrote it in 83, and Blade Runner came out in 82. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh, yeah, I, I did yeah. not actually go, go into the timelines there. So, well, we we kind of point to 83 with being um, the Bruce Bethke one and also Neuromancer as being, yeah. you know, this is the time that Cyberpunk started. But of course, with all these things, you know, it's not just one thing. There's a, you know, it's going forwards and backwards in time. There's ripples throughout. Yeah, so it just made me think, oh, maybe uh, Blade Runner was made without um, having that, knowing that it putting it in a category, this is cyberpunk. So Whereas later, we, yeah, we look back and we put it in the category. like, oh, that's cyberpunk. But I mean... Because it, it, it does tick the, tick the boxes. Yep, yep. And most of those versions were just um, edited for violent scenes, profanity, and nudity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, going back through a couple of the things, um, minor, we, Minority Report, I'd say yes, because it is that question about what... Um, there's like a big moral ethical question about, okay... 
these psychic ladies are saying these people are committing crimes, are they actually committing crimes? Mm. You know, when when does um, you know, the future maybe possible things become reality? Yep. So there's that um, alien. Mm-hmm. Um, the real reason why it's cyberpunk mm. is the androids. Ah, yeah, yeah. So you 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 have those um, those megacorps are being sent out into space by megacorps. Yep. Um, and the androids, you know, are they human? Are they not human? And they start, you know, doing things that are morally and ethically wrong, mm. according to the people, but are, according to the megacorps, kind of things that they want. Yep, yep. And this comes out um, not so much in Aliens, because the android is good in that one. Yep. Not so much in Alien 3. Do you remember his name at all? Um, Lance Henderson. <laughs> Character's name? Uh, Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Ian Holmes is in the first one and Lance Hendrickson is in Aliens. I don't know what they Yeah, because he, are. yeah. I Bishop, remember. Bishop. Bishop, that's it. Yeah, nice work. I remember they get him in Alien 3. Yeah. I think they, she, Ripley finds parts of him. Yeah. And kind of plugs him in. Mm. Jacking in. A- and it goes back into Alien Resurrection when they, they start messing with, um, they start, you know, bringing Ripley back. Trying to clone her. Yeah, clone her and messing with, like, a DNA and stuff. I really like that movie. Yeah. Is that Josh Whedon? Um, he, he, he wrote it? He, I think he script-doctored it. Script-doctored it. Yeah. You can see his mm-hmm. filthy hands on it. Mm. Filthy <laughs> Filthy hands. paws. Um, and, yeah, Inception, it's jacking in. It's, yeah. it's those questions of um, what is real and what isn't real. That's also got to do with mm. cyberpunk, I think. Yeah, maybe that's definitely should be one of the um, categories for cyberpunk. So we're looking at human, more human than human, mm-hmm. and then we're looking at more real than real. Mm-hmm. Dream, not dream. It's about you. Know, it's well, it's often about you know a question of binary opposites: human, non-human, real, fake, reality, unreality. So cyberpunk's moved more away from dystopian jacking in more to that maybe yeah and and of course like with things that evolve you might say inception is cyberpunk influenced but it's you know lacking those key things that would make it cyberpunk which Mm. is a cyberpunk aesthetic and fifth element is also cyberpunk influenced in the fact that it has like a really strong cyberpunk aesthetic but the story is complete space opera yeah like it's got nothing to do with you know, anything of those key cyberpunk themes, mm. apart from that there's this alien lady. I still refuse to put in cyberpunk. Yeah, I, I would not say it's cyberpunk. <laughs> it, do, it doesn't have the themes, but it has the look. Yeah, that's right. Um, so did you say you read some books as well? Oh, I read books. I read books. Um, especially for this pod? Yeah, specifically for this pod. So um, I just finished Muromancer, which is William Gibson's um, first novel. Yeah. And it's what's people point back to is also, you know, really starting the cyberpunk genre. Um, William Gibson has been a little bit iffy about kind of putting himself into the cyberpunk um, genre because he's, he's more of a fancy man. Oh, he doesn't well, He doesn't want to be in that genre? Yeah, so he started off writing things that, you know, we definitely think of cyberpunk. And I believe around the 90s, he started going into more contemporary kind of settings. And his idea was that um, we now live in the cyberpunk reality. Oh, we so do. Mm. If I could have a jack in the back of my head, I would jack straight in. That's what she said. Jacking off. Um, um, so Neuromancer, um, 
I actually really liked it. Like, it's based in 83, but as opposed to something like Lawn Mower Man or any sort of, like, hacking movies you go back and look at in the 80s and 90s, which, like, date so incredibly, mm. Euromancer still feels fresh because it's described in such a way that, you know, there's no blinking green terminal or any, anything. Yep. It's all happening inside his, his head. Okay. And that's also where we start to get words like cyberspace and several other kind of cyberpunk novels have, you know, given words and mm. given ideas that have come into reality now. So it was written in the 80s? Yeah. And it sort of gave birth to these words that, that we use now in, like, everyday sort of mm-hmm. conversation? Um, that's cool. One of the other ones that I read was Snow Crash by yep. Neil Stevenson. Mm. Um, and that helped, well, it did a little bit to get Avatar into our language. Uh, an Avatar as, as in your, another vehicle you use? Yeah, Avatar is an additional representation of yourself in a mm. some sort of reality. Um, Snow Crash is, was a pretty cool novel. Um, and by pretty cool, I mean it's like hyper, ultra cool. Like, you know, the main character is a half black, half Asian, um, uh, delivery boy, samurai hacker. Wow. Delivery boy. Yeah. What pizza delivery? Or? Yeah. He, um, you, you, you should, you should read it. it. Does sound pretty good. Yeah. Um, there's some parts of it that are like, just like, you know, really cool and it's fun and you know, you do go, go back now and you can kind of appreciate it for it's, you know, slightly, slightly dated. Mm. Because it, it's, you know, what we thought was cool in the 90s. Yeah. Um, but it, it is quite enjoyable. The only thing is, it's got so much info dump in it. Really? Because he's, 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 got, he's got his story, mm. and then he's got this, like, extra thing which he just kind of dumps in. And so there are literally, like, pages mm. of the main character being talked to by a librarian AI <laughs> and just telling him exposition, <laughs> like just pages and chapters. So, wow. yeah. So maybe edit that out. Yeah. Okay. Um, Neil Stevenson is known for um, having too many ideas. Yeah. And some of the ideas in this are, are really great. Is he still around? Still, still writing? Yeah, yeah, I believe he is. Oh, cool. Well, we can't go too much in the cyberpunk books without mentioning Philip K. Dick, I haven't personally read any of his books, neither do I own his books. They're not normally my genre that I read, but um, a lot of his books were um, turned into movies like um, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Total Recall? Uh, wrong way. Yeah? No. What? Uh, do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Blade is, Runner. It's Blade Runner. Blade yeah. Runner. Sorry. Blade Runner. Um, I've written Total Recall. I think he wrote that Minority Report and A Scanner Darkly. Have, mm. you, ever, have you watched Scanner Darkly? Yeah, um, I've, uh, I believe I've watched and read. It's pretty trippy. Yeah. The movie's pretty crazy. Um, I, 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 I do really like science fiction. That's, I, I used to, you know, read fantasy as a kid, and then when I started going to uni, I, I more went into, you know, big L literature novels, mm. and then I, I've kind of started to rediscover science fiction, and it's, you know... Um... I do read Chana Mayaville, who you could... I've only read his book of short stories, and some were definitely cyberpunkish. Then um, I know the storylines of some of his other books, and they're very sort of steampunky, cyberpunky, sort of dystopian future, apocalyptic sort of deals, which um, I definitely am looking forward to reading. The only other sort of cyberpunk stuff that I read was um, Ghost Rider 2099 in high school. Oh, yeah. So in the 90s, they bought out this whole um, run of 2099 titles. So there was um, 
you know, Spider-Man, Punisher, Hulk, Savage, and then they brought out Ghost Rider, and I was just sort of buying them because I, I really enjoyed the Punisher one. I collected that, I think, until it ended, which wasn't like in the maybe 20s or 30s. And um, so Ghost Rider 2009 ended up surprising me as being cyberpunk. It came straight from the Shadowrun role-playing world, which we will talk about soon. And it he it was based on... Was it integrated into the Shadowpunk role? world is that what you said um I, it seemed to be but i don't i don't think officially officially yeah because okay. there was a guy who was like the ghost writer was a kid who was hacking and he died sort of while he was doing that and he became the ghost writer 2009 i mean i remember it being drawn so differently i, I haven't written down who who had drawn it but it's very jay lee style if you know jay lee it was very um very, very different, way far away from the superhero sort of classic drawings of Jim Lee or Todd McFarlane. And it's more very, very gritty, very, very dark. And I remember enjoying it a lot. And just being surprised that there was uh, cyberpunk comics back then. Oh, um, I tried to convince you to read Transmetropolitan. Did you get around to it? Is that um, Grant Morrison? Yes. I have it. I haven't read it. Okay. Not yet. Um, Transmetropolitan is, you know, definitely cyberpunk, and it's it's one of those um, novels, those, you know, graphic novels from, from those era. Um, it's a Vertigo release. Yep. Um, and it's really enjoyable. I've I read Grant Morrison's All-Star Superman. Mm-hmm. Have you read that? Uh, no. That is a trip. Mm-hmm. At the start, I'm just like, I don't know if I like this. And at the end, you're like, wow, that was really good. I re- I really enjoyed um Transmetropolitan, um it, it's be- based around um Hunter S Thompson. Is it? Yeah. So um it's basically a future Hunter S Thompson in a cyberpunk universe. Um, so completely he's, sold on it. He he's he's a, a Gonzo journalist and he just goes around you know getting stories and I believe there is a little bit of hacking and one of his um key instruments of um intent interrogation interviewing is a bowel disruptor <laughs> so he'll threaten to shoot shoot you and essentially make you shoot your pants wow that's cool it is i didn't, I didn't know it was based on hunter s thompson at all it is yeah it's really fun that's really cool um uh, the other novel which i haven't mentioned yet is uh a little bit newer mm. and so if you're like oh, i don't really know if i like cyberpunk um you check out ready player one mm. it's a novel by ernest klein mm. i think i should have written that down um and it's really it's pretty much based around pop culture and um, a little bit around uh, massive multiplayer online RPGs and stuff. Oh, cool. So it's set in a dystopian future mm. where pretty much everyone, or at least everyone who has money and is of a certain age, spends the majority of their time in a virtual world. And that virtual world is created by this super geek who was really into kind of 80s and 90s RPG culture and video games. Mm. And so the whole kind of novel is kind of like a reference and an homage back to 80s and 90s video games and like D&D and stuff. So That's if you cool. like if you like that stuff, you'll you'll find it really enjoyable. That sounds really good. It sounds like a movie that and I'm totally blanking now, but um Jared Butler, I think it's called is it called The Runner? I'm going to look it up mm-hmm. because he a kid jacks into a computer game and plays Jared Butler like as a like a modern warfare type game and that was really really good I'll, I'll, I'll look at that i'll put in the notes maybe later um i also read a a slightly shitty novel set in the android universe which mm-hmm. we'll get into later on 
Yeah. Is that your note here? A shitty Android one? Yep. Is that that one? Yeah. It was... Oh, it was okay. It wasn't great. Um. Yeah, so the only other movies that I I, I watched was Matrix, Inception, and Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Matrix is such a huge sort of mm. one. So if someone says to me, oh, I don't know what cyberpunk is, Matrix. Yeah, well, it, it is actually funny where, okay, Matrix is, you know, late 90s cyberpunk, where people stop looking like punks and start looking like goths. Yeah. Um, and, and they didn't coin the phrase Matrix. Matrix has been around for a long, long mm-hmm. time. A lot of the stuff, um, I used to play a role-playing game called Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. And they used to jack into the Matrix. Mm-hmm. So you'd be a, a decker or a hacker. Mm-hmm. And you could deck out your body with, mm-hmm. like, um, you'd get X amount of dollars at the start. Mm-hmm. And you could just put cyber, cybernetics in you, put put your jack in either back of your ear or back of your head, just mm-hmm. like Matrix. Mm-hmm. And you'll use, you know, along, along with, like, maybe a troll fighter. Mm-hmm. or a paladin or something, and then you'd have your hacker or your decker, mm-hmm. and they could get in and open doors and do that sort yeah. of stuff. Shadowrun is cyberpunk plus fantasy. Yep. So you've got all the elves, trolls, dwarfs, etc. Mm-hmm. You've got magic, mm-hmm. but you've also got that cyberpunk, um, cybernetic element into it. And that's all I really played for years. 90% of my role-playing time in high school was mm-hmm. Shadowrun, and then it was Star Wars and then mm-hmm. D&D. Did I, did I also convince you to watch Ghost in the Shell? I, I haven't watched it. Um, it's one of those movies I have wanted to watch for a long time. I wasn't a big anime fan back in mm-hmm. the day, but I am getting into it now. Mm-hmm. Is uh, that no um, mechs, Ghost in the Shell? Um, there's more mechs in the series. Oh, okay. Um, so there's Ghost in the Shell, there's a couple of movies, and there's a series as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is like definitely cyberpunk. It's um, kind of about... AI and, um, like, you know, uh, like Android or, you know, robot bodies. Mm. It's, it's really cool. Cool. It, it, it is dated a little bit, but not really from the ideas in it more in the, there's a little bit too much talking heads. Okay. So there's uh, just a little bit too much kind of exposition and people talking about the themes in, in the movie rather than just going and doing cool stuff. They said there was a movie and it's a TV show. Yeah. Um, a movie and a series. So watch the movie first? Yeah, watch the movie. Yeah. Um, go go onto Wikipedia and see what order is you should watch them. Oh, God. <laughs> um, should we start talking about the games? Oh, we should talk about the games, yeah. We've yeah. Got, we got a little bit distracted. <laughs> um, so games, games, games. So the first game we played was 101. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with, 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 with small ones. Small one. And Simple. then kind of work our way up to the main wheel. To the big one. Yeah, so yeah. 101 it, or... 101, the binary card game, is a game that's released by an Australian designer and publisher, and it's on Kickstarter at the moment. And it's uh, a micro game. So it's a very kind of small game. There's a small amount of cards compared to a big card game. I think there's something like... Well, you have, I think, 11 or 12 cards each. Yep. So I think the final game will maybe come up to 36 cards or something like that. Really? Because there will be a few expansions released throughout the Kickstarter. Because you printed it out, a PDF copy. Yep. And you put them in plastic slips. Yep. And when you pulled it out, all I could see was zeros and ones. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what is this game? So um, it's it's got like a like an 80s coding kind of aesthetic. So it's all mm. black and green. The ones we went into were white and black. But oh, okay. But that's just because I printed them out of my home printer. Yeah, no, it was... Um, it was really fun. I yeah. really enjoyed it. Um, and it's 
we're, we're mainly talking about thematic games here, and basically, uh, one zero one is a little less thematic than what we usually go into. Mm. In the fact that, like, what you do is that you reach either a zero or a one. Yep. It's just a two-player game, yep. and you play cards to try and control rows. So if you go back to computing class in, you know, the 90s, back when you were a kid, yep. how you had those little rows of 10, 20, 30, 50, and different commands like print, enter, go to, yep. th- that's, like, in- integrated into the mm-hmm. game. So basically you play a card, and then it has commands, and those commands can let you do other cool things, such as delete other cards, save other cards from being deleted, move things around the row, let you play extra cards, and it's a little kind of row control game because you've got to each try and control like a 10 or a 20 or a 30 or 50 and then try and push the game so you can win. Now, down the 50 row, there's the end. There's an end run card. Yeah, run. So once you fill that up, that's pretty much the end of the game, isn't it? Once you get to the run command, the program runs and it, it executes. I... I looked at it one way as you could replace the ones and zeros with a square and a circle or a smiley face and an X, you know, it, and I found it hard to, I'm like, well, why is this cyberpunk? But if you look at it, as you said, as a, a, a running theme as binary code mm-hmm. and you're trying to maybe hack in and steal a row, if you look at it that way, it's definitely sort of cyberpunky mm-hmm. hacky. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would definitely back it. I mean... Mm-hmm. I I really liked it, and I've, I I see it as a, a warm up game. I think we've mm-hmm. talked about like a a beer and pretzel. Mm-hmm. Would you think that's a beer and pretzel sort of game? Like, yeah. Um, w- when I think of beer and pretzel games, I more think of games where you don't have to think, so you're just drinking beer and eating pretzels and just kind of throwing dice and stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. Whereas this for me is like a little bit more of a, a filler game. Yeah. So it's something like let's say we're waiting for one of our friends to turn up for our RPG sessions. Yep. Which happens quite a lot. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, we're waiting for something to do, so we start playing cards. And it goes for, you know, 10 minutes, so you can play a couple of rounds while you wait for other people to turn up. Yeah, there's no fiddly tokens or counters or clocks or mm. dice or... Yeah, all in cards. Pictures, it's just a one or a zero, mm. and then maybe a little word, save, move, whatever, delete. Mm. And um, really quickly set it up, play... It's only two players, isn't mm. it? You can't play anymore. Only two player. Yep, yep. Uh, I, I really liked it. And what you've said before about it could be circles or zeros or, you know, whatever whatever it could be is actually probably a pretty good point mm. in the fact that there's kind of two, two, two ways we can think about theme. And, like, we really think about theme as, like, getting you excited and, like, putting you in the roles of someone that, you know, that you watch in movies. So yeah. in most games, you know, you want to be a cool cyberpunk hacker yeah. or you want to be, you know, Luke Skywalker mm. or you want to be a, a, a cool wizard. Greedo. Greedo. No, no. no, you don't want to be Greedo. <laughs> um, but, but another function of kind of theme in games is to help explain how things work. Yep. And that's how this works a little bit more. The the commands are print and save and delete. Mm. It, you know, tells you how the game works so it's quite intuitive to use. Like yep. you can, I, you basically explain it and then you're like, oh, I can remember how this thing works because it works like delete does. Yeah, it almost takes you back to the, the first Tron movie where yeah. it's very, very basic commands mm-hmm. Thinking ahead, where should I put this? Where should I put that? It's even got that um, sort of Uno feel to it, where you can, I can move your card, or I can delete your card, or I can save my card, and you don't know what I have, and I don't know what you have. So it's definitely random, it's definitely luck based, and it's definitely strategy. Yeah. For such a simple game. 
So 101, check it out on Kickstarter. Yeah, um, back it. And the next one we started is um, our... Well, the first one was appetizer. This is more of an entree. So it, it's definitely like, you know, a bit of a meal, you know, but it's still a little bit smaller. And a, you it's probably, a cyberpunk meal. Yeah. So Android yep. is a license that Fantasy Flight are doing cool things with. Yes. They started a game a while ago, and it was the first one, and it was just called Android. Yep. And Android is essentially uh, it's essentially Blade Runner. Okay. It's Blade Runner the game um, set in like... A, a new universe that they created and you're a, a cool detective and you want to try and solve a crime. Mm -hmm. We didn't play Android because it takes around three hours to play and it's really complicated. Wow. More uh, complicated than Arkham Horror? Um, probably a similar level. Okay. I, I really want to play it but I just haven't bought it because I don't think I can get it at the table. You can't get it to the table? Yeah, Is as it? in I don't think I will have uh, three players that are you know willing to sit down and play it with me. Not for three hours. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Where um, there are other games I can get that are that similarly complex, mm. and I know people are more excited to play with me. Yeah. I mean, Whereas this is also more of like a story-based game where you really try and you know feel out your character. You never know. I mean, given the daylight today, it's raining. Mm. Saturday, got nothing else to do. Why not sit down for three hours and play Android? So the the game that we played instead was is Android Infiltration. Infiltration, that was uh, good. And that's around a forty five minute game. We take yeah, I reckon that took us about that long, and that was the first time for me playing it as well, and I tried to understand it. Um, and it's set in the same universe, so same cyberpunky things, and essentially your cyber thieves who are going in to steal stuff from a facility. Yeah, they didn't really specify. I'm very story mm -hmm. based. So I'm like, what is this facility like? Oh, I, is I, there more than one facility? I I, I can actually tell you. Uh, okay. So, um, we we we're, we're kind of going around in circles around the next game, which is Android Netrunner. Um, so you're going into the facility of not a mega corp, but more of a mini corp. Okay. So you're you're actually being bankrolled by one of the bigger corps to go in, steal their data, mm. steal their prototypes with the cool stuff and shut them down right. so they don't rise up and become okay. a rival. That sounds good. I, that, that, yeah, that sounds cool. So you're playing Cyber Thieves. Um, it's a two- to six-player game. With the two-player game, you control two thieves. With um, three- to six players, you just control one thief. Okay. So essentially, you're all running into the building, and you're like this cool team of thieves, like in a film, um, and then you're like, oh, wait, fuck it. I just want to get what I want. So you all start looking out for number number one mm. and try and steal as much stuff as you can before the countdown timer goes down. Yeah. And it's this little thing where you have to roll the dice at the end of the round, but there's also an alarm, and an alarm keeps going up, and those two numbers add together. And when it gets to 99, the police are here, and you can't get out. So you have to get out before it hits 99. Now, I picked I picked a tech, the tech expert mm -hmm. and the muscle. Mm-hmm. And looking back now, there wasn't any difference between either of them, unless it comes down to the items you get. Yeah, there, there's a couple ways to set up the game where you can set up, you each you know, draw a character card and you can deal random item cards, yep. or you can deal some recommended item cards in the set. Mm -hmm. um, the mm -hmm. other game that I played, I played with um, just the random setup, and it was less good okay. because um, it was just more random, so you couldn't, you didn't actually have a guarantee of having cool things. Mm. Whereas we played with the recommended item cards, and that seemed to work a lot better because you actually had, you know, things that you could do, and each character fit, felt a little bit more unique. I just like, yeah, just looking back, I couldn't. I'm like, you're a tech expert, but you're not giving me any expert 
tech and you're a muscle guy and you're not I'm not forcing my way in anywhere or, or, or pushing people around. There wasn't anything there unless I missed it. No, no. No? You're correct. Okay. Um, yeah, there was just a couple things in that. I mean, that game, because what you do is you lay out the rooms mm-hmm. sort of face down. Yeah, so the you, there there is a, quite a lot of setup to the game. Hmm. Um, there's, there's, you know, lots of little components and different things. A lot things. of little fiddly tokens. Yeah, so it, it takes a little bit to set up. Um and you, you lay out rooms, so there's a random format, so it is quite playable. Hmm. I don't know how many times I'd, I'd actually replay it, but there is that variability to it. Hmm. So each time you play, it's going to be a different game because you're going to have different item cards and you're going to have a different different levels of rooms to kind of what you encounter. So you go into those rooms and then you start doing stuff. Yep. It's got um, like a simultaneous action reveal or a, a blind action selection. So everyone says what they're going to do with their card, they put it down at the same time, yep. and then they flip it over, and then you resolve it. So you don't know what anyone else is going to do, and there's also a little bit of a conflict there, mm. whereas you, if everybody's trying to steal data at the same time, if everybody's trying to download stuff, um, the feed gets backed up and it happens slower, mm. and if you you know if you break something so you can, so you can steal stuff from it, if you break it and someone else um, predicts that you're going to break it, they can then steal it before you have a chance to steal it. Yeah. Yeah. So, how many rooms were there? Were there nine rooms? There were 13 rooms. 13 rooms. And you kind of put them out in like a horseshoe shape. Mm-hmm. Start from the start. And you just keep going one by one room. I noticed you took off quite quickly. You're up in room six or seven. I was mm-hmm. only in room three. Um, I ran deep in the facility. I, I used a couple of cool things that, that slingshot me forward. But you were you were going past the... Is it the download tokens? or the, Yeah. Like you weren't collecting them? Yeah, the the download tokens are the things that you want to you want to w- get want to win. Yeah. They're little tokens, and they're blank on one side, and they've got numbers on the other. And the numbers are what you add up to win. So you're not quite sure how much points everyone has, but you have a pretty good idea. I didn't like going in. I didn't know how to play it, but I thought it was quite easy to understand after a couple of rounds. I got the hang of it. Um, I sort of knew what I was doing, mm-hmm. but I still didn't have any direction of what, like, I asked you, or like. How do you win? You have to get these tokens and also get out. Mm-hmm. So the alarm goes to 99 mm-hmm. and you roll a dice and there's a little mm-hmm. sort of like dial and you plus it on the dial and you put it up. So I knew by the time I got to about 40, 45, I had to turn around and come back out mm-hmm. again. So my objective to be like, I guess everyone's objective would be to collect these tokens. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to get too far into these mm-hmm. rooms because I don't see how you could get deep in in that amount of time unless the alarm is really quite low mm. and then get out because mm. if you're stuck in there at the end you don't get those tokens which is what happened to both of us um the, the first game i had um because we were just kind of working it out i had a little bit of a I had more idea this time first time we didn't get out the first time you played it yeah oh. we, we, we no. got in and we're like we're getting in these rooms we're like oh shit no, no one got out. No one got out. We all started <laughs> running for the door, and then it just closed, and the cops came and were like, sorry. I I just found that I found that half the game was getting in, mm-hmm. opening stuff, killing um, lab techs, mm-hmm. getting these tokens, and then by the time your the alarm counter reaches a certain point and it's time to go, the, the rest of the game is pretty much trying to get out. Mm-hmm. Like... I didn't spend time getting tokens. I spent time getting out. And that first half of the game, I'd, I'd go through my items and I'd mm-hmm. go through my actions. But this time, I just 
I just left it. Um, you just play the same card every time. Yeah, I didn't even put it on. Like I'm just getting out, just getting out. Go back room, back room, back room, trying to get out. I, I would say there's. It, it, it can be pretty fun because what it works is, you know, it's kind of a push of luck. Like how, how how deep can you go before, you know, the alarm goes off? How much stuff you can, can you get? But in another way, it is like pretty obvious to what to do a lot of the time. Yeah. Like you need to keep going and then you need to download stuff. If you have a cool item that will help you get it, you play it. Yeah. And I did find once the clock started getting quite up there, mm-hmm. it became more exciting. Mm-hmm. It became more of like, okay – I'm in room six, and the counter's on 80. I need to get out quickly. Mm-hmm. And that became exciting. And the dynamic of the game definitely changes once it gets up there. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it also... It, I, like Personally, I felt like it needed a board. Mm-hmm. Like, even... Not that it was... It wasn't messy or confusing, really. So the horseshoe, is that how you're supposed to lay it out? I felt like it, it, it could do... I nodded. <laughs> you nodded, yeah. Um, I felt like it could do with a board, maybe to put your your character things on or keep track of your tokens in one area or put these cards on. Do, do you think, no? Um, well, as a game designer, boards add money. <laughs> right. it, it, it's more cost so yeah. I appreciate that this was not you know a $70 game I think it was under 50 yeah it didn't it didn't need a board mm-hmm. just looking at it I was like mm, could do it for board but I mean the art was also really cool mm-hmm. really really cool art you said it shares art with yeah um, if you've played Android Netrunner you'll actually recognize some of the exact same card art um, that's actually used for different things so I know the, there's one thing in this um where it's you have like a a blade it's like a you know a cyberpunk kind of vaguely lightsabery type blade that lets you cut through anything yeah a laser yeah something i think i had that um and it's being held by someone kind of wearing this like science fiction armor mm. so in the card in android infiltration it's about the blade in the card in android netrunner it's about the armor i don't like that <laughs> don't share art pay someone to redo it but like, if you if you think about you know from game design and, and, and you know publishing, you have to pay art. Oh and, yeah, and that does well. It does give you more profits being able to use more art, but it also does you know like let you use more games. It's not really a big deal. I mean, if you hadn't told me, I would never have known. Mm-hmm. But um, and there is you know both crossovers in art and in theme between the two games. Mm-hmm. There's some rec- recurring characters that you'll notice. Um, one of the characters in this is also a hacker in the Android Netrunner game. Now, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that they're sharing characters because to me it feels like they are building up to something else or that they're continuing a sort of um, storyline mm-hmm. or ethos mm-hmm. or trying to build some sort of history or timeline throughout these games because they are both cyberpunk games and they're using the same characters and maybe the same art or, or weapons. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I like that. I, I do. And it, it goes through to the original Android game as well. Several of the characters in that are, you know, brought through back into recurring characters in Netrunner. That's cool. One of the other things I noticed was, um, now your character card says on it, you're healthy mm-hmm. or maximum health or something. And then once you get hurt, you flip it over and it's sort of more red mm-hmm. and you're hurt or wounded. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get hurt once. We didn't in the past game either. So that kind of made me think, 
um, there were things there that were like, um, if you're wounded, flip it over, you're healthy now. And I landed on that and I'm like, well, I'm already healthy. Mm. And not once did I get hurt. Is that? Well, um, because, you know, it's such a variable game, you, you, there was, you know, lots of things that don't come into it. And there's there's kind of a good and a bad thing about that. Like, mm. you kind of feel a little bit cheated that you didn't get the whole game. Mm. But on the other hand, you didn't get the whole game this time, so you can go back and play it again. Play it again, yeah. And, you know, get the whole game again. Yeah. So you it, it, it makes more variability, but it also, like, it feels that, like, some of the things, like, a cool thing should happen here, and nothing cool happens. No. You, you walk into a room and look around and go, oh, okay, next room. Yeah. And a lot of the time, that's what it is. It's like, um, I'm in here. There's nothing to do. I'll, I'll walk forward. They could, yeah, they could definitely add another element to it. Um, like I said, they could add a card that stops the person from going forward mm-hmm. or back for a round. Because um, if you're trying to get out, you'd want to stop the other person from actually getting out. Because you did stop me, I think. I was in the last mm-hmm. room and I couldn't get out, so I lost half my points. Mm. I, I probably would have won if I got him out. Yeah, you you, you definitely would. Um, <laughs> we both had two guys and two of one of our guys each made it out and the other guy was trapped in the facility when the cops came. Your guy was in room six or seven? Yeah, I, I really just wanted to see what was in the end room because like, I wasn't having him download stuff. I was just having him like, go in and break stuff. Well, you went to the secret room. I went to the secret was impress- room. It was impressive. Yeah, I went to the secret room and I, I got there and then I got some cool slippers. Yeah, you did too. Yeah. Non-slip yeah, something frictionless slippers. Frictionless slippers. So, in my mind, uh, playing the game, I thought we're jacking in and we're in our sort of matrix, but we're not. We're actually physically a yeah. character in a physical actual yeah. building. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there is no matrix in there at all, really. Well, you, you, you're you're downloading things. Yeah, downloading. You, yeah. yeah. Okay. But you 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 are a physical thief as opposed to a cyber thief. So you're going from room to I room, suppose. kind of jacking in, mm-hmm. overriding whatever they're yep. doing, fighting people, mm-hmm. physically fighting, mm-hmm. and technologically fighting. Yeah. Um. So a, a couple of things is there's uh when you go into a room there's these data t- tokens that are just everywhere. So presumably people have left around floppy disks, which you just put into a bag. Floppy disks. Um, wow. And then there's some data tokens which are, are locked away, and they can be locked away by a lab worker, which is a yellow token, or a tech lock, which is a red token. And the main difference between those t- two tokens is one of them's called a lab worker, and one of them's called a tech lock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's things that can affect lab workers and things that can affect tech locks. I had a gun. That could kill mm-hmm. a lab worker, but apparently I only go in to do um, a mission with one bullet. Because as soon as I killed him, uh, I had to discard it. Uh-huh. And I had a better gun. You did. You which did. which um, I, I managed to remember to put the magazine in. So I could I could shoot and then I could return it to my hand, whereas um, Mitch shot, his gun blew up and he had to discard it. I'm not a good thief. No. Clearly. <laughs> but um, like one of my characters ran out of item cards. Mm-hmm. And I did not get a chance the whole game to pick up any more item cards. Oh, but, but I but did go did. into I did go into a room and um, take the item cards before you had a chance twice. Yeah, because I saw you picking up quite regularly, um, and I didn't pick up once. I'm like, well, this guy can only use his like download interface, uh, move forward, move back, mm-hmm. and I, I can't do anything else with this guy. And he's a tech expert. Mm-hmm. So, um. Recommendation. Um, 
I'd like to play it again. Mm-hmm. I'd definitely recommend it. I'd say grab it if you like cyberpunk, if you like cool art, um, quite an original setup, I mm-hmm. think, mechanic to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd definitely recommend it. Mm-hmm. I would say it's a good game, but not a great game. Yeah. I'd, I'm I'm not that good at picking up games quickly, but mm-hmm. I think I picked up this one pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but you knew what you were doing. Mm-hmm. So if you two people, you picked it up, didn't know how to play it. I think it might take you a little while to mm-hmm. understand it. Um, but after that, it is fun. And the more people, mm-hmm. I think the more fun it would be because yeah. I found it quite easy to get tokens. Mm-hmm. I to go forward or back because you took off running. Mm-hmm. I was left with these tokens. I just picked them up. If there was third or fourth person, uh, person playing, mm-hmm. it'd be more of a rush to get these tokens. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it works okay as a two-player game. It's a, a little bit better with more players. But it's good, not great. I think that it just didn't feel like all the time you had cool stuff to do. A lot of the time it was just it was like just a little bit pedestrian. You were kind of just strolling through the game and doing the obvious stuff. Yep. It felt that like cards either should have had more general utility, so you, you could have done more stuff all the time, hmm. or there, there should have just been something that... Also, the other thing was that we couldn't get really deep into the facility. You didn't feel like you could explore the whole thing because I, the cops would come first. Yeah. I was definitely apprehensive to go past mm. room six. Yeah. Um, I, I got to room seven, so I got almost halfway in, and then I had to come back. If I stayed any longer, I would have been locked out. Because there is that dial that would change. So mm. you roll a dice, you might get a six, and then you look at the dial, might be five. Mm-hmm. That's 11. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've jumped up quite a lot. Mm. And then every now and then we'd only put it forward maybe two or three, and you'd have plenty of time to get in. I think they could do a lot with with infiltration. I think it's good as it is, but I mean, I don't think I'd buy it. Mm. I definitely would play it again, though. Okay. Main meal. Main meal. And this is is definitely something that you can eat and will sustain you for a long time. So last time we talked about magic in our little appendix. Yep. And that was to help us set us up for Android Netrunner. So Magic is a CCG. It's a collectible card game. You you, you go to the store and you, you, you buy a box of stuff or a bag of stuff or something. You're not entirely sure what you'll get. And then you start, you know, making decks in order to be able to play another player. Yep. Um, Netrunner is different in the fact that it's an LCG. Live card game? Yeah, living card game. Living card game. And the difference between that is you go to a store. Um, and you, first of all, have to buy a big box, which is your starter set. Yep, like an intro box. And that starter set has, you know, a lot of cards in it and actually has, you know, several different factions. So there's a lot of replayability in that. And then what you have to do, instead of, you know, buying something that we're not sure what it's in, you buy something which you know is full of a certain amount of cards. Okay. And so so it, it, it takes away kind of the random aspect of it. I like that. So you can buy a, a, just a foil pack. For $7 or something, like Magic? Uh, no, it's a, a little bit more expensive. Okay. Um, it's obviously cheaper if you in the United States. You buy a little cardboard box, and that cardboard box has 60 cards in it, mm. and that costs 20 bucks. Is that a booster? It's called a data pack. Data pack, okay. And it's made by the same guys that did Magic, isn't that right? No, no. Um, originally it was. Yeah. Um, a- Android Netrunner is designed by the same guy who designed Magic, which is so, Richard Garfield. Garfield, yep. Um, so he is a a cool, famous 
game designer guy. Yeah, still he, kicking around. He designed stuff. Magic, yep. um, and he you know was was with that for a while. And then after it, he designed Netrunner, yep. which at that time was also a CCG. Is that in the nineties? Netrunner came out the first time around on the eighties. Um, I would say it would be the nineties, yep. but I'm guessing here. Um, so and then he designed Netrunner, and it didn't quite pick up. It was yeah. around for a couple of years. There were people who played it and definitely people who enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But um, eventually, Wizards of the Coast, the company that released it, stopped supporting it. Oh, really? And now, um, 20 years in the future, um, Fantasy Flight Games, yep. who are a different company, they bought the license off Wizards. Okay. And they released Android Netrunner as a new game that did away with the collectible nature and you know moved to their, their new model, which is something that they release called the Living Card Game. So, how long has this version of Netrunner been out for now? Uh, about two years now, I believe. I thought it was pretty new, mm-hmm. and I see it pretty much every comic shop, game shop that I go into, there's something Netrunner there. So, it seems like it's getting pretty huge. It, it is. It, it's it's one of the, the kind of biggest growing ones. Um, it's also really popular with board gamers as well. Yep. Uh, a lot of board gamers won't really touch collectible card games, but because Android Netrunner has like quite a few things going in, yep. it seems to grab them. Do you want to talk about the mechanic of it? Yeah, I don't want to go too much into it no. because I, I don't, um, I don't feel like I really need to display it. If you are, if you are listening to you know other podcasts and other board game media, people have told you about Netrunner before because it is in the zeitgeist. Yeah, just look it up on uh, YouTube. Maybe that's what I was doing earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got me definitely more interested in it because we've played a couple of games. I think we played two or three games mm-hmm. of Netrunner and it was way over my head and I didn't know what I was doing, mm-hmm. but I did win. Mm-hmm. But looking at this introduction uh, video on YouTube, I mean, the the game got, the game company must have put this out because it was amazing. Yeah, It, was, it, it made me thing. want to mm-hmm. get into it more. It's got, it's got all those elements that I really like, all the cyberpunk and the and the and the card and the collecting and the building. Mm-hmm. So let, let's talk about why it's cyberpunk for a second. Okay. Um, so it is definitely cyberpunk. The the things, the two players are a hacker and a corporation. Yep. It is a completely asymmetrical card game. So as opposed to Magic, where it's kind of asymmetrical, as in you have completely different decks. Hmm. Um, you're still like the same basic guy. You're, you're still a wizard mm. and you want to try and fight the other guy. You're still trying to do the same things. Whereas with Netrunner, you're, you've got two completely different objectives and you're actually doing different things in the game. Yep. The hacker is trying to build up programs in order to break into a corporation's yep. stuff and, and steal kind of the things that they're trying to get going. Mm-hmm. And the corporation is trying to get, advance agendas. So they're spending their resources to protect what they have and in order to be able to agen- advance agendas in order to be able to fulfill them, and that's how they get points. Yep. Whereas the runner wants to steal those agendas, and they get them as immediate points as opposed yep. to having advanced them. That's what sort of surprised me when I started, when you started explaining it to me, because, you know, obviously in Magic, you're both planeswalkers, you're both the same, you both fight. But this one, yeah, you said, like, someone's a hacker and someone's a corporate. Mm. And that really surprised me, because I thought, so what do you do then? Then you, you play that game, and then you swap. Mm. And you always swap? You don't just end it there? Um, it de- depends what you want to play. If you want to just play one game, then you do it that way. Um, often, or in tournament settings, yep. yes, you swap. Yep. Uh, if I'm playing with a friend, sometimes I'll go through and I'll lose, and I'm like, okay, let's do it again. I'm, I'm sure I can do better this time. How do you uh, find out who is the corporate and who is the hacker? Do you just 
roll for it or you just yeah. say like I want to be yeah yeah okay yeah. that's pretty cool you, you work it out between you like gentlemen um, so you've got those basic roles but you also have all the things that are standard of the cyberpunk universe yep. so when you're talking about that list before and some things had them some things didn't Android Netrunner has all of the things mm. it has androids yep um, it has clones yep it has biroids what's biroids biroids is so uh, a clone is you know someone that's cloned so mm. they're grown in like a little batch and you know they're made made into a person whereas a biroid is a constructed thing okay so they're made to actually um they're kind of a robot made to look like a human and the way they work in the android universe is they're actually um like brain mapped to someone else oh that's cool so they'll use like a brain template mm. and you know make a robot and match it to their brain so yeah. they've, they've still got like a living brain mm. um and you'll have you know different kind of lines of them. That's cool. Whereas clones are still human, they still have their own own unique identity. Do you play Netrunner a lot? Like, have you joined the, uh, it's like Friday Night Magic or anything like that you Um, do? I I went to the Wednesday one at Ace for a while. Yep. So they have, they do like a regular tournament there, Mm. but I am not that good. (laughs) So I I, I can't really quite keep up. The, The thing with Magic is that you know, you can buy your deck and kind of it, it takes a reasonable amount of money to get kind of competitive. And it is a similar thing with Netrunner as well, mm. that if you get in on the ground floor, yep. which was uh, two years ago, mm. if you got on the ground floor, then you'd buy the set and essentially once a month, yep. you pay 20 bucks and you get the new data pack. Okay, so do cards run out of date, like expiry, no. like magic? That's, no. That's really, really good. So you, you have them forever. Yep. But the other thing is that in order to be kind of kind of get up to the meta which mm. is you know what kind of the current playing position is in order to get up to there you kind of have to you know buy a few data packs and stuff yep. but if you're just playing with your friends which is what I'm doing mm. then you can buy whatever everyone else is buying yep. so we're going pretty slow um, I've got the core set and a few data packs and my friends are just you know still on the core set um, so what are some of your favourite cards? ooh um, one of the cool things about Netrunner is there, there is a lot of um like pop culture references. So there's there's some cool things with uh, Ghostbusters where you have like a key master and a gatekeeper. Oh, yeah. And they kind of interact in a cool way. Um, and there's like a... So one of the corps um, kind of themes is that it's a Japanese corporation. Yeah. So they have a lot of things that reference kind of Japanese culture and other traditional Japanese stuff. So they have like, a, like shinobi and like neural katanas. Mm-hmm. And different things, and, and they do like a, a lot of damage. And then one of the runner programs is a ninja, mm. and you you kind of boost the ninja, and it exactly is enough to you know beat a shinobi. Okay. So there's other cool things like that. You have there's there's um Archer, which if you if you watch the TV show okay. Archer, yeah, he's just basically a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> like you run into ice, and it just ruins your day if you're not ready for it. Um. So ice is used as sort of like a a block. Yeah, um, like a firewall or something. Yeah, it, it basically works as as a firewall, and it it is a real thing that happens. It's um an in uh, informational countermeasure electronic thing. Okay. Yep. You should look that up on the internet rather yep. than trust what I, what I say. <sighs> so, and ice is what you put out as a corporation. It stops people from getting to your stuff. Yep. And the hacker has icebreakers, which yep. lets them get through ice. I remember I had an icebreaker sword or something like yeah. that. So the, the 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 cool thing about this is you have both the cyberpunk theme and then you have little um, themes within it. Yep. 
So uh, you have the Japanese Japanese one, one of the other corporations. Their ice generally has like a, a German mythical theme. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and another one is more just like kind of a newsy one. But then you have kind of suites of things that work together. One of the things that are coming out now, I believe it's ice, is they have a string of Arthurian ice. So you have like, you know, like a Galahad and an Excalibur and all the things and they kind of worked, worked together to kind of play off each other. That's cool. And you can, you can really, you know, create things that have certain themes or work in different ways. Yeah. I mean, it's something only because I go into magic is the only reason why I wouldn't get into Netrunner because I can't really afford or have the brain capacity Mm -hmm. to keep going for two of these games. Mm -hmm. Magic is enough for me, but so I was kind of hoping that I could show you Netrunner would make you abandon magic so I'd have more people to play Netrunner <laughs> with. It didn't work. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, more, I'm almost more leaning towards Netrunner because the cards don't expire. With magic, you can only use the last two years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've, I've bought cards off eBay not knowing, and I can't use them. Mm-hmm. It's just a waste of money. And that's what I think pisses a lot of people off because they have cards from a couple of years ago. They can't play. They just can't use them. And they don't play. But I like Netrunner that you can actually use those cards. And I'm sure new cards will come out and they will become sort of not, not obsolete, but maybe useless, um, maybe in the future. Well, the, the thing is, like, the the more you, you can create a deck mm. from the core set that works. Yep. Um, but the more cards you get, the more custom you can make it. Yeah. The, the, the more, like, if, if you think about it in terms of a sword, you can have the sword... And it's kind of okay, yep. but the more cards you get, you can kind of just sharpen it and sharpen it and sharpen it until it's, you know, really tight. I like all the art in Netrunner as well. Mm. It's all very, very cool. I mean, the art and magic is amazing, but um, Netrunner art is a bit different, mm-hmm. almost more comic booky. Yeah, so you, you definitely have kind of, there's two worlds. There's the meat world, so you have, you know, guys going around that are cyberpunk. And then you have the, the you know the cyber world, mm. and so there's you know different art styles for each, which is really nice. Is it a lifestyle game? So m- magic is kind of a, a lifestyle game, whereas what you do is if you play magic, that is likely the only thing that you play. Yeah, that's a bit of a generalization, but that does happen a lot. Yep. People will play magic, and it is quite similar with Netrunner, whereas people who play Netrunner play Netrunner. Yeah. Um, they don't play magic as well normally. They they don't play magic as well, and they'll generally kind of stick to card games. Yeah. But I've found with Netrunner, um, more board gamers are into it. Yeah. So it it does tend to be like this is a game that I can pick up every now and then, and play. But you you can actually you know get into it and this be the sole thing that you play. Yeah. And for there to be so much variability, that you can have you know you can have this hacker from this corporate from this particular faction mm-hmm. and you can change him so much based on what your deck so he does different things and there's three different factions to start off with in the core set and each has a runner with them mm. and four different corporations mm. um, and they each have an identity but as you get more things you get different identities and different different um, runner factions no not different runner factions but different runners mm. so each of them do different things but you can also change your deck and just make it so customizable is that something that you could look at, like, spoilers on the internet for? Yes. I, I probably spend a little bit too much time. Like, I, I listen to um, a couple of Netrunner podcasts, and I, I look at the new cards that are coming up, but I can't um, actually buy things because I'm spending my money on other things, and I don't want to 
buy all the cards and then go to my friend's house and then just destroy them. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that, that yeah. may not happen because you kind of think the thing that happens is you and you're familiar with this from magic, you build a deck, and you're yep. like, this is really cool, I know what it's going to do. Yep. And then you go, and you're like, it doesn't work. Happened to me a couple yeah. weeks ago. Pe- people rock up with these two or $300 decks, mm-hmm. and you have your $20 deck, and they just absolutely destroy you. And they do stuff so quickly that you're like, I don't know what you're doing. They're turning cards over, and mm-hmm. you're like, my God, they must have these brand new cards that they bought on eBay. And But I mean, you get that with these sorts of games where they are collectible and you can go into a comic book store and say, I want this card and people can also recommend cards for you to get. So it does become a bit expensive. Mm-hmm. So Netrunner would be the same sort of, you wouldn't just build a deck or build a corporation. You'd have to always be advancing it. Um, if you're going to the store once a week and playing. Okay. If you're playing against guys who are competitive, definitely. Yep. If you want to play with your friends, you only have to keep up with your friends. Yep, yep. Um, so, you said, you know, you're kind of into Netrunner, maybe. Who do you think should play Netrunner? I think people who may be looking to sink their teeth into a game. Like, I was definitely looking for something to, like, collect. Mm-hmm. In high school, I collected basketball cards. It wasn't a game. Mm-hmm. You just spent $5, you opened it, you got one special card... And then you try and collect a team or collect your favorite cards. I collected Pokemon cards. Pokemon. Don't tell anyone. I've never been in the Pokemon. Um, yeah, so magic was something that I could, I had to learn, and I had to get good at, and I had to build decks. So there's so many elements to it that I like. If you're the type of person who wants that, if you want to really get to know, and it's fairly new, two, two years isn't very old at mm-hmm. all. You can you can jump in there. I'm sure they've got stories about the characters in there. You've got stuff you can buy and set up and learn how to play. You also meet new people. I met a lot of new people playing Magic. It gets you out there socializing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just sit at home. And I'll, I've sat for hours trying to create my deck for Magic. I just need someone to test it like we tested it mm-hmm. last week. And I, 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 I could see the, you know that, that little... Um... You know, that little draw? You're like, oh, I played this deck, and if I just had that one more card. Yeah. It, it's so important that you're like, what is wrong with this deck? I can't do anything about it. Okay, I don't have, uh, I don't have like, any, like, big monsters. Mm. I've got to have some big monsters, or I need some artifacts in here, or I need something to kill an artifact. So then you'd go back to the drawing board, and you'd go through it, and you'd go, okay, I can take these out and replace it with this. Um, yeah, if you... If if you're into gaming, if you're into cyberpunk, mm-hmm. if you're into um, if you're a bit competitive or you like strategy, Netrunner is definitely for you. Yeah, we should say that Netrunner is probably a bit harder to get into the Magic. Would you say that? Yeah, yeah. I um, I've played Netrunner twice and I still don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, at it, all. Magic is just like it's not necessarily a more simpler game, but it, it's definitely a little bit easier to play and kind of learn as you go. Yeah. Whereas with Netrunner, you kind of really have to kind of understand the game first. You have to be willing and patient. Mm-hmm. I've tried to, uh, hey, you know, come out and, and I'll show you how to play Magic. And the person's sort of like, I don't understand any of this. Mm-hmm. Try and be open. You're not going to understand the first mm-hmm. couple of times. I've looked at YouTube videos. I've read Magic Wikis just to try and understand it. 
and now I'm at a point where I, I do understand it, and now I can help other people try and play it. I would say if um, if you're like, oh, I don't know what these board games things are. I like card games. I have played poker, or I, I've you know played Snap, or you know like do like Netrunner should not be your first stop. If you've only played Fish or Patience, don't go near Netrunner. There, there, there are other other games, you know, more gateway games, um, which we've kind of discussed before. Um, go there first. Yep. Um, Love Letter is a nice little card game to start off with. You can start there. You can start with One Zero One. What's that werewolf one you had? Uh, one Night Ultimate Werewolf. The one where you close your eyes and stand yeah, yeah. up. Yeah, I wanted to play that again. But don't you need like seven people? Um, no, you can play it with three. Three? Yeah. Really it, like it, it, it works better with more people. You even go to like Hawk and mm-hmm. pretty straightforward. You don't have to create a deck. It's all there for you. Mm. Just counting, really. Yeah. After you've maybe played games for at least six months ago, then, then start thinking about Netrunner. Yep. Yep. Definitely. So is there anything else um, for the Cyberpunk? Well, I, I think we're pretty much up there. Mm. Um, so Mitch is still kind of... He's, he, he's, on the, he's on the magic fence... He's not sure how far he's going to jump in. So I've showed him Netrunner. Mm. I I have another card game that's going to come up for for next episode, which I'm going to try and get him a little bit more interested in. Another? um, Another LCG. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you tell me what it is? Well, it's it's got like a similar magic mechanic, Mm. whereas what you do is you kind of put out creatures and stuff and use them to block and attack. Okay. But it's Star Wars. Star Wars? Mm. Hmm. So... It kind of exists in a, in a kind of level of complexity between Netrunner and Magic, okay. but it's still an LCG, and it's actually a lot easier to, to deck build in it, because okay. you... Um, oh, well, we'll get into it next time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Let's not get distracted. No, definitely not. Um, yeah, so that's us now for mm-hmm. um, Cyberpunk. If, if you do start getting into Netrunner, there are a couple of really great podcasts which I, I listen to. Um, I would recommend Run Last Click. Run last click. Yes. Okay. And that's um, a little Netrunner joke because you should never run last click. Okay. Because if you run last click and you hit a bad thing, um, the corporation can then go in and kill you. So run last click. And they actually, one of the guys there is really into cyberpunk. So he'll, he goes through a few different novels and stuff every now and then. Yep. yep. And he, he's, you know, he can tell you more about cyberpunk than I can. Yeah. Just like YouTube and definitely podcasts. As well, just put in Magic or Netrunner, and there's heaps there. There's always people talking about it. You can listen to games being played. Mm-hmm. I suggest YouTube so you can actually see it, mm-hmm. see it being played, because you will learn I, that way. I suggest with Netrunner, you get someone to teach you. Get someone to teach you? Yep. That's that's the seriously the best way to learn. Yep. Um, you can play Netrunner online using Octagon. Mm. Um, do not do that. <laughs> get so, get someone in real life to teach you. Okay, it's it's the it's the best way. To do it. Well, yeah, there is a magic game mm-hmm. for iPad as well that I had for mm-hmm. a while, but it's just not the same. Yeah, um, and the generally netrunner players, you know, are, are nice and friendly. If you can, you can find a store, you can probably message the group there, or you know, just turn up and say, "I'm really interested in netrunner. Could someone teach me how to play?" And they will. Yep, yep, definitely. Um, I I, I taught Mitch how to play, and I, I put together a couple of decks which were you know a little bit easier to mm-hmm. learn yep. to kind of you know get him into used to the game rather than you know have the full complexity weird stuff mm. which is actually what we played last time the weird stuff yeah oh which was a little bit more complex right that went way over my head yeah, yeah. i don't know <laughs> i didn't know what i was doing next time we play i'll sit down and i'll be well, what does this card do mm-hmm. why am i putting it here what am i doing are you bluffing <laughs> are you bluffing you always bluff 
Yeah. Um, we can be contacted at tablepoppop at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me at Endgame Games. Um, my Hedron Kickstarter is still going on. It will probably be going for just a couple more days um, on this, so um, check it out. Um, just search Hedron Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. That's still up there? Still yep. up there for a couple more days, yep. Cool. Well, roll high or go home. Pop up. <laughs>